Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. That is an awesome song. And here is the performer and the writer, Dax. Dax, welcome to our show. Uh, I uh, listened to that song for the first time. I'm uh, an old man, about 68 years old. I don't think I'm your target audience, but that's a phenomenal song. And I appreciate that, man. And and to be honest, for that song, man, you know, the target I, for that song, not only that, but my music is just really everybody. I try to make songs that, um, you know, everyone can relate to depending on, not really depending on age or religion or anything like that. So, yeah, you're a, you're a former basketball player, uh, spent yes, time here in Wichita playing at Newman University under the name Dan, Daniel Nawosu, and a very good basketball player, averaged 18 points per game your senior year. Uh, but I, I had a great visit with your former coach, Mark Potter, uh, who's just spoke glowingly of you as a basketball player and as a person. And he said that he could tell early on that you were thinking of bigger, bigger things than just basketball. Take us back to that period of time in your life, if you could. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Um, so I actually also went to Sunrise Christian Academy. Um, I went there for a year, and then I went to junior college for one year in Casper, Wyoming, at Casper College. Then I went to Division One at the University of Montana for one year, and then I finally ended up at um, Newman University for my last two years. And I could say that, to be honest, I I had no ever thought of wanting to do music. Um, it just randomly happened. I wrote my first poem on the way to a basketball game to play at the University of Arkansas Fort Smith. I was like, wow, this poem is amazing. I showed it to my teammate. He was like, you wrote that? And I was like, yeah, I wrote that. And then it just sort of sparked from there, and I sort of felt like that was my purpose for life. And then I just put the same effort I put into basketball into the music and poetry. And then the music sort of came like a little bit after the poetry started because in the beginning I didn't even want to make songs. I just wanted to be a spoken word poet and do uh, motivational speaking. Coach Potter actually took me to my first motivational speaking uh, event thing. I, I spoke to Cape and Mount Carmel. So, yeah, that's pretty much how it started. So, you know, I that's not a surprise at all to hear and to learn uh, that you did spoken word poetry because your lyrics are, are kind of like that, right? I mean, it's very raw. Uh, it's You put a lot of yourself into it. So did it become... Tell me about just that process first about, uh, you know, writing, writing lyrics and kind of putting yourself out there. And was the transition from spoken word to music maybe easier than you thought it would be? Right. So initially, um, when I first wrote my first poem, I was like, man, I don't even want to make music. Because all I ever thought was possible me for in the beginning was rap. But I didn't relate to pretty much all the rap music I, I was listening to as a basketball player. And, you know, so I, I just didn't see a space for me in it. So my goal was initially to become the Drake of spoken word poetry. And all my poetry had deep meanings. You know, I used to like, you know, it's funny to say because I got a song called Dear Alcohol. I used to uh, walk down to the liquor store, buy like the cheap bottle cleaner alcohol and go back to my dorm room and just like write poetry while I sipped it. 
And then eventually um, I tried out, I used to do like these little challenges online. I started doing all these videos and a lot of these words rhymed because my poetry would rhyme. So people started trying to spur me on to, um, to make rap music, you know. And then eventually I started looking into Tupac and found out that Tupac had also done uh, poetry as well. I went to go watch a movie at the, at, uh, at the, at the mall, at this cheap movie theater. And then um, I basically had a dream. I don't believe in dreams, but I had a dream. And in the dream, Tupac said, hey, man, you should turn your, uh, your poetry into, into music because music has more state power. And, you know, people will listen to a poem one time and then never come back to it. But if you can put the same type of message in your songs, you know, they can have a bigger impact. So that's when I wrote my first uh, remix to a Drake One, da- one Dance. That was a song I remixed for the first time. And it was like a blend of spoken word poetry, rap, and motivational speaking. And I just sort of kept going from there. Dax is our guest. He has a uh, brand new and hit single, To Be a Man. It's with Darius Rucker. So the obvious question, Dax, how did you get hooked up with Darius Rucker? And what was that experience like uh, doing this uh, song with him, cutting the video, doing, hanging around with Darius Rucker? So there's some people on my team that knew some people on his team. And then um, they showed him the song. He loved it. And then I actually got to go... Um, I was in California filming a music video. He was on tour. So I got to go to his show. I met him and like we hit it off right away. I got to, you know, chill backstage, go on the tour bus and all that stuff. And then yeah, he just loved he loved the song and loved the message and really resonated with it. So it was it was just after that it was just seamless, you know. Uh, I actually had to, I took a day off on tour cuz I was on tour when we filmed the music video it was a couple weeks ago. Um, and I flew to Nashville in between two shows <laughs> and had two 5 a.m. flights, went there early, um, cold, it was cold, man. And uh, we filmed the video in like a couple, like you know, I think we had him for about three hours because we were busy with some stuff. And then, yeah, so he was super easy to work with, great guy, considering a friend now. And, uh, yeah, it's really easy. So you talked about that song, Dear Alcohol, and that's another one that's very raw. You put yourself out there. Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, why did you, I guess the question is, why did you write that song? Because it is very deep, very personal. I'm sure that you know you have and will continue to get questions about, you know, your own struggle with, uh, with alcohol and your sobriety and everything like that. So do you welcome all of those questions and kind of how is that journey going for you? Yeah, I welcome all questions. I have this theory. I call myself I'm simply complex. You know, that's the way I it's a, a, a term I've coined since I was about 11 years old. Um, for me, I made the song Do Alcohol because I drink alcohol, you know. So I started drinking when I was 17. I avoided every single type of party, every single having fun and thing until I was, like, finally getting to where I wanted to in basketball. So I drank for the first time when I was 17 years old. I was in my basement in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I was about to go to a party for the first time ever. And I was like, man, let me try alcohol out. But I want to try it out by myself because I want to see the effects it has on me personally because I knew certain friends where it was like they would drink and then they would fight or they would drink and do this, drink and do that. So I would like, you know, as someone who's very in my brain, I wanted to see what it was like. Grabbed a Heineken in my basement, took my first couple sips, started to notice I was blinking, and I ended up going to that party and I was the most social I had ever been. I was like, you know, just talking to girls. I wasn't nervous, all these things. So I figured out for myself, alcohol was like a superpower, you know, but I was like the type to drink by myself and then show up so no one would know. So it was like a hidden superpower for me. 
you know. So then that turned into a 10-year thing. Um, you know, it was very easy to, to you know, regulate it when I was playing basketball because I would obviously never drink during the week. You know, it was just like a weekend thing. You sort of have that, you know, confinement of school where it's like, okay, work during the week, party on the weekend, whatever it is. Um, then school finished, and all of a sudden I'm a music artist. And, you know, there's alcohol everywhere, every day, in the studios. You, 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 the constraints of life are no longer there. You know, every day is, every day is Saturday. Um, and that's when I found myself after, like, you know, two years, woke up one day and I was like, man, when was the last time I haven't drank two days in a row? And I didn't have an answer, and especially after I did my first tour with Tech 9 drank every day on that. Uh, then I, right after that tour, I went on my own American and Canadian tour, drank every day on those. And then the pandemic hit. And, you know, the pandemic, I was sipping every day. So I was never a blackout, fall on the floor drinker. Just more like I was, I'm the type to, like, drink and do a 500 push-ups. Like, it's always just been, like, an additive for a lot of tedious work I do. But I just knew that that path wasn't sustainable if I wanted to have a, you know, long career in life and just be successful not only in music, business, but also, you know, family and relationships. So I just knew I had to make a change, woke up one day. And then the song Dear Alcohol came to me. But what's funny is I also wrote a poem called Dear Alcohol seven years ago. That's how it all started. I wrote a poem called Dear Alcohol in my dorm room. And then now, eventually, it turned into a song. So, you know, dropped the song, went six months sober, ended up going on my first vacation ever, had some shots of tequila. And then, you know, I was, the, the whole cycle I was in was gone. And then just recently, I was always scared. Okay, what's going to happen when I go back on tour? So I went back on tour now, and I'm I'm, I'm drinking again, but I've, I've regulated pretty well. It's hard, it's hard to go on stage and be completely sober. It's not as fun. Um, so, but now that I'm done tour, I'm just putting it away, and I'm trying to figure out how that's going to work going on. So I'm I'm pretty open with it. I don't really you know care. So yeah, that's pretty honest, blunt stuff, Dax. Not not many people would uh, would own up to all that. It's uh it's an interesting life you're leading. Uh, so there's a million questions uh, that come to mind every time you answer one. You create a million more. Um, so what's your family influence been like here? I'm, a, I'm presuming you have a, an extremely proud family. Uh, what's that effect? What's this effect of kind of slowly but surely becoming this famous musician? What's that been like? Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. I think my parents are my biggest inspiration. What I can say about my parents is that, like, if people think I work hard, you know, like, I've just grown up watching them work like monsters. Like, you know, my mom's a workhorse. I remember being in the trunk when she was delivering papers door-to-door 5 a.m. every morning in Ottawa, you know, in the winter cold time. And you're just, you know, a 50-year-old woman, you know, delivering papers to over a 1,000 houses every morning. You know, I'm in the trunk and all this stuff like that. And my dad, my dad's a structural engineer. He actually just retired. And you can't do anything but work. That man just, just works all day. So my family influence has been great. Um, I love my parents. They've been, you know, great support. They're a little bit, you know, skeptical in the beginning, just like they were with basketball. Like, where's this going? But once they see, like, the way I work, too, just like them, like, I'm not giving up on something. I put my all into it. They sort of have no choice but to just accept it. And then, you know, luckily it's been doing really well. And they're just happy with the fact that I'm making positive music that's leading people in the right direction and not destroying, you know, our communities. So they're happy. What what does music mean to you? And I get that that's a really broad question, but right. because you make it so personal, uh, is that what music is to you? Does it have to be about the person? Is that what strikes you when you listen to other music when it's personal? Do you like uh, do you like lighthearted songs maybe even more? Or you know what is what is music to you? What what captures you when you listen to something? 
you know, it's funny because I always tell people like, you know, my whole life I've been an average music listener. You know, I didn't start doing this till I was 22 years old. So music for me in the beginning was, was always just an additive to me working out and playing basketball, you know, and like pumping me up type stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden this randomly came into my life and um, I started to think like, man, would it be, it'd be nice if I had like music that was a soundtrack to my actual life that was still fire. Um, so to me, music is a soundtrack to my life, you know, and, and whether we know it or not, music is absolutely everywhere. And um, music, just like food and thoughts, are what we consume, and those create our realities. So whether we like it or not, we're consuming music everywhere. So, you know, I've always wanted to be the person who could make music that would lead people in the right direction, still be fire and enjoyable, but, like, just creating this soundtrack to their life that was going to, you know, lead them in a positive direction. So for me, music is impact. You know, it plays a role just like everything we consume. So I feel a moral responsibility to use the words God gave me to not only lead myself, because I listen to my music a lot, but to lead, you know, the next generation of youth who I think are now bombarded with a million things on social media that could lead them in the wrong direction. And also, you know, people that are older than me as well. So that's what I feel about music. You don't mind if we ask you a couple more, do you, Dax? No, I got time, man. Time, time, time is all I got. So I had a great conversation with your former coach here at Newman, Mark Potter. Uh, He told me that you worked uh, custodial work at Newman at nights to earn extra money. Uh, Not everybody would do that either. My retort to him, having known, uh, gotten to know you just a little bit through him, was probably that one of the reasons that appealed to you was was because it was a time to be alone with your thoughts and to kind of compose. Is that an accurate uh, assessment of that? Yeah, it, it, it was. When I, the, job, the job appealed to me initially because I was being left alone. You know, it was overnight, so no one was watching me. Um, and I could, you know, for me, I, you know, I just go hard on everything. So what was supposed to take me eight hours, you know, I'd be sprinting through work and getting it done sometimes. And, you know, if I was going really hard, two hours, three, four. You know, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a sweat, and so I would have time to – sit and think, you know, and then this poetry thing came to me. So I had a lot of extra time to just like really gather my thoughts. I like being alone too. I think sometimes too much noise, you know, clutters the brain. Um, so yeah, definitely. That was, that played a role in wanting and liking that job. Hey, it doesn't get much bigger than Darius Rucker, especially in country music. You could argue he's the biggest country star right now. Uh, so who is left? I mean, not left necessarily, but who else would you like to collaborate with? Is there a list that you have? Do you get out to Nashville often or other or other music hotbeds and try to connect with people? Um, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I don't really have necessarily. I mean, there's obviously people I would love to collaborate with. Any any anyone who's you know amazing and making positive music, leading people in the right direction, I would love to collab with. Um, some people I can think of. In the, you talking about in the country music space, or just like overall music. Well, certainly Drake, uh, Canadian, oh, uh, right? We gotta uh, have a Dax and a Drake collaboration. Right, that, that'd be amazing. No, I don't know if I ever <laughs> seen that aligning, but that'd be that'd be that'd be amazing to be. You know, he's been my favorite artist since I was in seventh grade, just like being a Canadian. So, um, but you know, just anyone who's I love I, my boy. I got Jelly Rose, my boy. That'd be great. He's doing amazing things. Um, this goes on. 
There's, there's so many. You know, What's the most Canadian thing about you, Dax? What's the most Canadian thing about me? Um, most Canadian thing about me? <laughs> I speak French, maybe. There you go. That's that that works. We have a Canadian who co-hosts a show with us at times, and there's nothing interesting about him. But with you, it's different. <laughs> Uh, final question. You did a you did a song in honor of Coach Potter. Uh, it's called the Basketball Song. Uh, the, the athletic director uh, Vic Trilly at the time asked you to come up with it uh, to honor Coach Potter, who was retiring after 19 years at Newman. You put that song together in just a few days. Take us back to that period of time and and what Mark Potter meant to you. Man, Coach Potter is the goat, man. I always remember, the, I, I always remember just sitting in like you know before games, all his speeches. I, I remember one time I walked in my ass and I'm like, how do you like come up with these speeches? Like, where do you, like how do you put these things together? Because we just put together these like masterful, you know, like talks, and I'm just sitting there like, golly, you know. So I, I remember just sitting and talking to him about that, and, and obviously he's doing great things in terms of you know going and talking about mental health and his experiences to schools and kids all around America. So he's just he's just he's a great just speaker and motivator, you know, I mean, so that, that's, that was one thing that really inspired me, the way he put his words together. And then just, you know, our, our process, me and him have this great story, you know, like we had some tough times and then now we're like, you know, the, the best of friends, you know? So it just, I, I like coach Potter because he, I've had a lot of situations with a lot of people who misunderstand me early on and then just sort of like never come back around you know, but like the people who gave me that chance and started just to understand that, like, I'm just sort of wired different. And Coach Potter is wired different as well. So I just think, you know, he, we just connected like that once we had our little rough patch. Uh, those are the people that end up staying in my life forever. So Coach Potter, man, just a great guy, great man. Um, yeah, I appreciate him. And to put together well, the song, uh, uh... that was just, it was, it was pretty quick. It was just, it was three days, you know, words just come to my head at all different times. So once I heard a beat, it was game over. Great stuff. We're uh, extremely happy that you agreed to do this interview with us. Maybe we can do it again sometime. Uh, you're yes, blowing sir. up. It's got to be a great feeling. Thank you, Dax, for being on our show. Thank you, man. I appreciate your time.